Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsblog 20 podcast series in which we celebrate 20 years of Arsblog by talking to a guest about a calendar year of the site's existence between 2002 and 2022. We have reached the momentous year of 2014, the end of the trophy drought, and much more with me to talk all about it is Tayo Papula. Hi, Tayo. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me along as ever. Yeah, my pleasure. So 2014, this was a successful year in some ways. There was a very significant moment in that regard when it came to trophies, which have been in short supply. But where do you want to start this year? I want to start it with um, probably one of the most Arsenal signings of the time. I want to start with Kim Kelstrom. <laughs> and um, like when we when we spoke about this and you uh, gave me the opportunity to... to to choose a year 2014 was a good one as you say because we got our trophies you know we got a trophy we ended the drought as it were mm-hmm. but um i was just thinking and looking back and i just really enjoyed the kind of kim kelstrom cameo if you will um the fact that he turned up in january mm-hmm. um he turned up and with a broken with a broken back <laughs> injured in a game um Injured in the game on a beach, He'd, he says he fell on a pebble, um, <laughs> and just before just before the transfer had been agreed, he'd had mm. a lot of interest in him. The transfer had been agreed, and he fell on a pebble, just like just having a training game, the kind of thing that probably wouldn't happen now. They get put in cotton wool straight away, don't they? So yeah. that would never have happened. And so he turned up for Arsenal and didn't play for ages. But what it was the reason why I wanted to start with him is that there was an amazing at the time. There was an amazing kind of in his own words. Well, he actually the, the translation of it was put on the Arsenal website um, and is still there. If anyone wants to go back and have a look at it, but he just speaks so beautifully about like the kind of cameo that he played. Um, for Arsenal, which of course we'll come on to later on. But at the time, I just remember it. It was right in the middle of just you know, no one takes the piss out of Arsenal better than Arsenal fans, and it was <laughs> and at the time it just felt like the most Arsenal thing ever. This guy turned up. We needed uh, arguably some reinforcements after having had such a great start to the season, and we start and we turned up with a player who didn't play for us for three for three months. But then, of course, when he did, then he made a, a telling contribution. Yeah. So that just seemed like a really really good way to start off 2014. Yeah. Why not? We were all desperate for something to happen in that that transfer window, and I think they discovered the the back injury while he was doing his medical, and he you know reckoned, well, that's it. They're going to send me off again, and. Arsene Wenger said, no, we've done all the stuff. We want to keep him. Um, yeah, yeah, there was something from there was something from that interview, which I mentioned, and I, 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 I pulled it out. It made me mm. laugh again, and you'll see why. 
He says, I was surrounded by Santi Cazorla, Meza Ozil. These guys were so skillful. It was nice to see them every day at work. People here are so professional. I played alongside Zlatan Ibrahimovic for a long time and he's a real pro. But then I came here and I saw how professional Mikel Arteta is. Wow. Okay. He's so committed to the game and so engaged with it as well. I just learned a lot from watching him. And Mikel Arteta features quite heavily in our 2014. And in all the kind of footage that I was having a look at to go back over it again, it hasn't changed. The seriously intense stare, the way he <laughs> stares at the ball when he's about to take it for a free, when he's about to take a free kick, just the intensity about everything, the intensity like of his disappointment when he scores an own goal against mm. his former club, Everton, later on in the season. <laughs> just everything with an intensity, which we've now got really, really used to. But I guess at the time he was surrounded with so many sort of dazzling, um, more interesting, dare I say, players that it didn't come out. But like looking back with hindsight now, at our manager, he was really, really serious. Yes, I think he always was. I mean, all the players, when you talk about them um, or when you talk, when they talk about him, there's always this like super professional guy and, and everything else. So it should be no surprise that that's, that that's carried on. Do you reckon Mikel Arteta, if you know, he decided to do a January transfer, found the guy, got like a, a fractured back, do you think he would go ahead with the deal? Or is that like, yep, oh, sorry, look out the door, away with you? Look, we've got we've got people very we've got very able internationals <laughs> who, who aren't getting a looking for the bench. I don't think the guy with a broken back who um um would have would have would have stood much a chance in the uh, in the Arteta regime. But yeah, but there you go. There you go. Okay, where are we going next? I mean, there's probably one landmark that we have to get out of the way, and we should get out of the way quite quickly. That in uh, 2014, Arsene Wenger's 1,000th game took place yeah not not much of there were some <laughs> there were some tricky moments looking back on this i remembered ex i remember exactly where i was um and this was on the back of yeah this was on the back of the whole specialist in failure comment that um, yeah. Mourinho had thrown at, at wenger i think and it came about in an odd way and it was, it was one of those things which maybe it might have been lost in translation or another one of those kind of times when you remember when Arsene Wenger used to do these press conferences all the time and he was just he was just too honest for his own good yeah you know what I mean and you knew what he was saying obviously now the fourth place is, is a trophy has now become part of the you know the English lexicon as it were basically mm. uh, the football lexicon but he was saying that teams were being scared are, are scared to fail mm. and of course Mourinho turned that round because you know, he was the bully at the back of the classroom, sniping at sniping at the benign guy who who, who tends not to rise to it. Although mm. on this occasion, I think he called him a disgrace to Chelsea <laughs> at this time. But so when all of that happens, what you don't want to happen is to have your ass handed to you oh. in the way that in the way that we did that day, and it was horrific. And it was, I don't know if it was the start of these twelve o'clock absolute kickings that mm. we kept getting from the, from the top teams. Um, but it was definitely just completely odd because it wasn't even like, like we've had, we've had kickings since and we've been a much worse team and almost kind of desert, you know, we've gone up there expecting it. But I think as I remember at the time, I think the shock of that mm. was, was, was astonishing. And of all the people um, for it to, to happen to, the occasion it was just a horrendous day but it was kind of 
we sort we, we'll, we'll come to later on in the season, obviously, where where that confidence got knocked and stayed knocked. It was out of the blue, but it was also not completely unexpected with 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 the Arsenal that we'd come to expect under under Arsene Wenger. Brilliant and tragic at the same time. Um, it was just horrendous that it was. Um, to Mourinho, the worst of all people. Yeah, and of course it was the the infamous Kieran Gibbs red card for the Alex Oxlade Chamberlain handball. <laughs> um, Andre Mariner was the referee that day, and he sent off completely the wrong guy. I mean, obviously you can imagine how much fun we had with that because you know they all look the same, right? But it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't it, it wasn't his finest moment, and I guess VAR would have dealt with that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if there's one upside to, to VAR, it would be that um, Alex Oxley Chamberlain would have been sent off that day rather than Kieran Gibbs. Not that, yeah, not that, not that it made any difference at that point. But um, and of course, it came on the back of a month previously where we'd had this kind of shooing against shooing against Liverpool. And I mentioned earlier, this is the Liver- this is the Arsenal team that could be on a brilliant unbeaten run, on a brilliant run after twenty two games at the top of the league, get absolutely totaled at Anfield um, at lunchtime, and. Of- something that we got to very used to with Arsene Wenger teams, unfortunately, mm. was that that confidence knock yeah. carries on into, we saw it in 2008 with that, with the almost team after, uh, after William Gallas and Birmingham mm. and how the, the four draws that followed that, the Liverpool defeat absolutely put us into a tailspin, which was kind of top and tailed by this. Actually, it wasn't even top and tailed by the Chelsea game because we then got, spanked by Everton a couple of weeks later. But that was a real kind of um, hallmark of this team, really. Like, yeah. absolutely brilliant, but 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 ever so fragile. Yeah, I mean, that Liverpool game, when you concede two goals to Martin Skirtle, you've got to ask questions <laughs> of yourself, don't you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, was in the, it was in this period as well um, that, and we'll get on to some nicer stuff in a minute, why don't we? But it was yeah. in this period as well where... Uh, Stoke marked themselves as the kind of people who boo the sick, as we say. Um, who, like, who they cheered. Um, I think it was a Jonathan Walters goal, goal, which kind of put us to the sword up there. But it was marked by the fact that they were cheering, uh, even though four years had passed, they were still cheering um, uh, on booing Ramsey, I should say. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a hell of a period after after what had been a sort of really promising start to the year, and 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 it ended up costing us. We should move on to talk about some some nicer stuff because um, you know there was a Champions League um, with with Bayern Munich, but I don't think anybody needs to relive <laughs> another Champions League exit to to Bayern Munich. But the FA Cup, and I think in the mists of time, people think that the 2014 FA Cup was quite favourable, quite nice to Arsenal because we had Wigan in the semi final, we had Hull in the final. But when you look at the run that we had to get to that point, I know there was a game against Coventry, but we beat Tottenham 2-0. This, this is where it gets fantastic. We yeah. beat Tottenham 2-0. We beat Liverpool 2-1. Mm. We beat Everton 4-1 yeah. before we get to the fun bit. But I mean let's have a let's 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 stop and enjoy that um that's that that Spurs moment, shall we? That was a great um, Rosicky goal, wasn't it? Uh, where it, he rubbed it on the halfway. 
he robs he robs Danny Rose and pushes it in front of him all the way. Keeps pushing it, keeps pushing it, keeps pushing it, and then just lifts it gloriously over. I was surprised it was Lloris. Lloris has been rubbish for them for ages. Yeah, it's <laughs> consistently shied in goal for 15 years now or something. Yeah, it's, fan- it's fantastic to see. But it was also a great... Um, I think that was the birth of Unlucky Theo because um, I got... It was late on in the game where obviously he got he he got his injury, which I'll come to. But he had so many chances in that game beforehand. It was like it was almost funny. Um, it was great to see as well um, Gnabry on the pitch for that yeah. game, which I'd completely forgotten about as well. But yeah, yeah around that time, like Riziki, Kazula, the Ox. Um, Arteta, Ozil, Sonogo. I mean, this has been a real joy doing this and finding <laughs> and, and like just picking out. Um, remembering how much I super enjoyed that team. Mm. But, um, but against Liverpool, I think Liverpool was the birth of what I call the Sonogo chaos theory. <laughs> Expand on that theory. Just sent, sent in to cause absolute havoc by and making good things happen, even though he had no intention of that <laughs> thing happening on purpose. Um, it's kind of, is like sort of two parts. Um, one of my favorite, um, uh, players ever, Paolo Wanchop, like two parts, Paolo Wanchop, one part, Cabadiawara, a couple of parts, <laughs> a couple of parts, like a, like, you know, sort of Lukaku kind of like bulldozer, rhino kind of thing. And he just put himself about and by accident, he assists he has an assist for Oxlade Chamberlain in, in that game. Mm. Um, there's a bit of a juggle before he puts it back to I think Rosicky, who then plays in kind of who, who, who squares it up for Podolski. A really kind of messy goal that kind of deals with Liverpool. Um, much to enjoy with that, and we mm. see and we see the, that chaos theory in full effect by the time we get to that epic semi-final. Well. Yeah, and I, I think um, he started that game because there was some scandal with Giroud, I can't quite remember, um, but he Giroud had been dropped or was on the bench and Sonogo started that game against Liverpool, which, you know, when you're nine years without a trophy, that's a brave decision. It is a brave decision. You know, whatever Arsene Wenger saw in Yaya Sonogo, I don't think we ever really got to see what he saw. Um <laughs> but maybe that was Arson's gift, you know, that, that that none of us could actually see some of the things that he saw in players. You know, to start Sonogo in an FA Cup game against Liverpool, knowing realistically it's your only chance of a trophy, you know, there's there's a there's a bravery to that, I think. I think so. And I really enjoyed the kind of vindication of it because there was a lot there was there was uproar in the in the stand that day when because he brings off Podolski he brings off Podolski not Yaya Sonogo mm. for example when yeah. people with um and looks he had a chance he had a one-on-one which he which he kind of fluffed um but then he made a great chance for Gibbs he sort of struggles out another chance eventually to, um, which goes to Oxlade Chamberlain, which then ends up in the back of the net um, through Mertesacker. Mertesacker had a busy game that day, didn't he? Gave away the penalty mm. and then pops up in the end. So yeah, I, I, you know, there was a few of those. Many of them didn't work. Arguably, Sunoko didn't work. But the fact that there are these cameos, we started off talking about this Kim Kelstrom cameo. And the fact that Sonogo played his part in us getting to getting to the final, and yeah. I'm 
I'm I'm I'm all for fun things like that. Like especially in retrospect, uh, ask ask me at the time, <laughs> yeah. ask, ask me at the time how I felt about a centre forward who couldn't control his limbs. Then I might have given you a different answer. Yeah. But with the benefit of hindsight, a bit kinder. Time is I a kind great healer. It. Yeah, yeah, it I is a great healer. I mean, do you remember? Um, just to set the scene for that semi-final then against Wigan, we're one nil down. There's about seven or eight minutes to go. It doesn't look like we're going to get a goal. You don't know where a goal is going to come from. There's some pressure and, and everything else. And I remember sitting in my chair, doing the live blog for this one and thinking, you know, if we don't get a goal, this is basically the end of Arsene Wenger. I mean, I could not see any way that failing to win a, a really... Not an easy semi-final, but certainly a, a semi-final that you as Arsenal Football Club should win to go another season without a trophy. I mean, how do you, even with Arsenal's incredible staying power, how do you how do you stay? How can you stay? Should, you know, would he stay himself? Yeah. Would he think this is the right time to go? And then I think it was an Oxlade-Chamberlain shot per Mertesacker, stuck the ball in the back of the net. And then we had That's extra right. time. And then we had penalties and this is the moment where um kim kelstrom described it as the greatest 15 minutes of my life when he talked about going up and stepping up to take a penalty for arsenal in that semi-final eighty-two thousand people in the stands he says they are loud and starving fans that hunger for a title they haven't won anything for nine years which is an eternity for a club that is considered one of the greatest in the world by strange and unexpected detours i've ended up at arsenal in north london with straight legs i bend down and put the ball on the spot we know what happened next but i mean it is as you say it comes full circle to this mad decision to sign a player with a broken back who a couple of months later uses his experience and quality to score a penalty, a crucial penalty in a shootout, which sends you through to the FA Cup final. Right. I mean, it's a word that's not really part of my language, but I think this is probably the period where the idea of Arsenal being the banter club kind of took hold. Like all these things are so kind of peak Arsenal. A guy with a broken back scores, um, like gets right to help us get to Wembley. A, as I said uh, about Sonogo, who and you're right. It is an um, it is an ox ox through ox uh, chance that sort mm. of breaks for Mertesacker, but it's after a mad juggle from Sonogo, who <laughs> is kind of struggling with the ball himself and the defender, and it falls to Oxley Chamberlain. This is like this is brilliant, and and I think you are right about the um, being at the end for Arsene at that time, because as you as you pointed out earlier on, you know to get here we've dealt with Spurs, we've dealt with Liverpool, we've dealt with Everton. No, we're not going to fall to Wigan in the no, same like that, that, this is not. about the um it's about the most Arsenal thing possible. And at the time, which I hadn't realised until I was just looking back at the like we'd lost our our our, our, our previous two Wembley appearances. So it was it really was a big moment for the club and for the fans to go and have a big day out there. And yeah. we were and we were and we were seven minutes away from blowing it. Uh, a word for um Fabianski. It, it's brilliant doing this in hindsight because we've seen the you know, we've seen the keeper that Arsene Wenger thought he was gonna be now. Because mm. he's had a you know, he's had a great he's a, he, he's gone on to have um a brilliant career and we'll come back to him later on in the year. But um he had a great he had a great shootout. He, as well, yeah. Um, 
to to help us to help us get to the final as well. So um, yeah, and then we get to the final. The a great day. You came over for it, didn't you? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, and having just sort of forgotten how we'd been so starved of it, like how we got so used to it in the you know in the in the back to back appearances in uh, in Cardiff and and so on. It was such a good day for the club. Such a good. Everyone was in such a good mood beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then these two, I think Curtis Davis and is it Alex Bruce? Who was it? Alex Bruce might have been. Um, it's Curtis Curtis Davis, and I think it's Alex Bruce. Um, puts whole two nil up, and I remember Keith, um, who I sit with and who I do up uh, a podcast with, James Chester, whoever he is. Sorry, James, I don't really know you. James Chester. Um, well, if he, if it had been the winning goal, then we'd probably remembered it straight off. But it was just mm. buried. It was just buried in the end. Um, it was. Yeah, I remember Keith just kind of crying on my shoulder, going, "This club, this club, just doing it to me after all these years of waiting." <laughs> um, and seconds later, and he was doing it when they were preparing the wall for Cazorla's uh, fantastic free kick. Unbelievable free kick. But we could have been 3-0 down. If you remember, Kieran Gibbs cleared one off the line when we were 2 Like at 2-0, it's tough. 3-0, I mean, I think that's pretty much game over. And I remember sitting in the stands myself and thinking, what the fuck is happening here? You know, this is not not that it's going to be easy. It shouldn't be easy. It's a cup final. Anything can happen in cup football. But to be 2-0 down in eight minutes... You know, when so much was resting on this and so much was riding on it, and there were so many emotions from fans across the world, not just the fans in the stadium. We'd been waiting for so long for a trophy, and it looked like, oh my God, we're going we're gonna to blow it. But like you say, Santi Cazorla produced an incredible free kick to make it 2-1. Um, I think 20 minutes in there or thereabouts. So there was only a 10-minute period when Hull had a two-goal lead. And I think that goal at that time really played a part in uh, in what happened next. Obviously, it played a part, but I think had Hull hung on to that two-goal lead for a bit longer, we might have started to get a bit antsy. And just before we do move on, can I just have like a word on Kozula, who is my player of this period when I'm like, you know, mm. looking over it. This is, I think, after the after the, the the more obvious kind of Arsenal heroes, certainly of the, you know, the era that we grew up with, with, you know, um, from the, you know, the 98 team or the Invincible team mm. or even, you know, right Merce and all of that. For the modern, for the modern Arsenal hero, I absolutely adored Cazorla. And he was, he was electric around this time without yeah. his, without his injury issues, you know, the way that he combined with everyone, like, you know, he, the way he combined with Ramsey, the way he can do, c- combined with Ozil, the way he took the ball off, off the back four, mm. uh, the, the way he combined, I should mention, because uh, at this time, because we get a lot of joy out of Riziki this year. And it's just a really lovely time for these Arsenal players who, who have gone again in the image of 
what Arsene Wenger wanted. You know that you know when we when we flipped from our kind of you know our six foot invincibles and you know Seska's mm. Seska's moved on by there, and he's really found a gem in Cazorla. And Cazorla wasn't didn't you don't really think of him. You think of him as being you know a laughing luxury player who did lovely things, but he dragged us back into that final. Yeah, um, he dragged us back into that final, and the free kick was the kind of culmination of that. Um, as did um, as did Aaron Ramsey. Um, course uh, with his winner but watching back again i just like to have a moment for uh lauren kashelny getting in there putting it in there and he got properly wiped out on his way to scoring <laughs> that goal it's like it's, again it's another this is a year of the most arsenal things ever that's a very that's a very kashelny goal yeah isn't it? yeah 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 i mean i've never known a guy to hurt himself as much scoring goals and that's a testament to his bravery his willingness to put himself in there but he was always he was always getting clattered. I mean, young Lauren Koscielny must have fucking run into tables and <laughs> fallen off cliffs and all kinds of stuff when he was a kid. You know, he just is that natural tendency to, to get hurt. But again, we have to talk about your man, Yaya Sanogo, because Thank you. 61 minutes into the game and Arsene Wenger took off Lucas Podolski, hugely experienced German international. We were 2-1 down, threw on Sanogo, and the element of chaos played a part. Like he was just like a whirlwind. There were some moments he was involved in. We got the the Koscielny goal. There was a really good chance, wasn't there, late on? Was it Kieran Gibbs who fired over just before the end of full time? I can't quite remember, but somebody had a really good chance to win it before extra time happened. And then we got that goal with Aaron Ramsey. There was still time for some banter fun at the end when Fabianski came out and (laughs) the ball rolled just like it trickled. I can still remember my heart. Like it was one of those where I'm sitting in the stands. It's like, it just kind of stopped for that moment. And we all know that Ramsey scored the goal, but maybe people have forgotten about the brilliant assist from from Giroud. Giroud, yeah. Like it's a sensational back hill straight into the path and a real kind of I mean Ramsey made um Ramsey made Wembley is 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 his home memory yeah. later on when he was pointing to the ground like this is my turf against against them lot. Yeah. Um but it's just a it's just a real Roy of the Rovers, Roy of the Ramsey kind of FA Cup goal. It's a great FA Cup goal, a poke yeah. A brilliant runoff. I, I don't. I, I know how you feel about um, goalkeepers um, getting a finger to, you know, getting a hand to a to a shot. It, it, it bothers you, doesn't it? Like it, it stops a rocket yeah. being a rocket. I know you've commented on that before. I feel the same about epic goals when someone pulls down the the the, the scorer when they're in full flight. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's kind of just let, Ramsey's let allowed. Ramsey's allowed to get it out. Ramsey runs, gets it out, and then falls to the turf. That's what you want your FA Cup goal to do. Yeah, that's what you want your FA Cup goal celebration to do. It was perfect. None of this rugby tackling and none um, of this beforehand. Just yeah. trying to get in there and like wrestling him to the ground with a try running off. If it, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll obviously never get to that stage, not least because I was never good enough, plus I'm 46, but I'll probably just try and punch my teammate. I'm in full flight. Let me go. Yeah, let me go. Let me run. Let me go. Let me run to my family. But yeah, classic um, classic. end the drought. And then there was that nice moment where um, 
where the two cap the two captains lifted the trophy, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Thomas Vermaelen was actually the the club captain who didn't play that day, which became a recurring theme um, at Arsenal over the years, where the captain was injured or out of the team and didn't play. But Vermaelen and and Mikel Arteta. Uh, lifted the trophy together. Uh, there was the other lovely moment with with Bakary Sanya after many years at the club without winning anything. And if anybody in that time deserved to win a trophy with Arsenal, it was Bakary Sanya. The consistency of his performances week in, week out. He was, you know, he was just a fantastic player. And I was delighted obviously that we won the trophy but but that moment where he's on his knees Arsene Wenger comes over kisses the top of his head I think he did away with his braids after that um, yeah just a, a really lovely moment and then the celebrations um, across the world there were great videos if you remember doing the rounds like all these bars people filming and uh, a sort of montage of bars from across the world when the when the goals were going in and I remember being back in the the Tollington afterwards, and it was it was mayhem in the best possible sense. Yeah, yeah, it really definitely. Was. And interesting, just to um, it between the semi final and the final, just to drag it back to the league, mm. uh, we won all our games. Isn't that always the way in the Isn't Premier League? Just, but I mean, I guess it goes back to what I was saying about the um, you know the confidence thing. The you know the the club were buoyed by an, the FA Cup appearance for the first you know final mm. appearance for the first time in ages and played like it. And yeah. I guess that was one. That's that's definitely a hallmark of um, of I mean Wenger teams, but certainly this Arsene Wenger team of um, being real confidence players. But um, yeah, I wish the season could have gone on um, gone on a little bit longer. Oh, well. Wow. Well, we get to the summer. It's an interesting summer as well, isn't it? When you look at the transfer market and, and what we were going to do because we brought in Mesut Ozil the, the summer before and there was a lot of talk about Alexis Sanchez, but the World Cup was on in Brazil. Arsene Wenger uh, playing volleyball, resting on the beach yeah. in that famous picture. But bringing Alexis Sanchez in from from Barcelona felt really exciting. Really exciting. Really exciting. He compared him at the time to... Um, well, very soon after uh, Suarez, and I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Sanya there as well, because of course Sanya left that. Yeah. Sanya left and was replaced by Debuchy, and I, I mean, just look, again looking back through this, I was very surprised because I, I don't remember him getting abuse for it. But it, it turns out that he that not everyone was you know not very happy with him. Maybe because he went to Man City, mm. but um. But as you just said in, 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 in your summary of him there, no one deserved success and no one worked harder during that period or few worked harder than that period than, than Bakary Sanya. I certainly didn't I certainly didn't um, begrudge him leaving. And at the time, it looked like we'd signed someone very similar to him with Matthew Debucci, with Debuchy, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and that summer, we also brought in Callum Chambers, um, David Ospina um, um, and, and and Danny Welberg, but yeah, Sanchez was definitely the the headline the, the headline signing, and he had a great first he had a great first season with us. I mean, it was I think it was it was a season after where he really comes into his own with you know the, the kind of Özil partnership because I think Özil was injured for the mm. beginning of his for the beginning of his time. He ended up the, he ended up with twenty four goals in the season, um, sixteen in the league, but he really did drag. He started dragging us through games, didn't mm. he? Um, and that was when I think Wenger came out with the uh, 
with the comparison with Luis Suarez, who's, who 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 done the same for them. But speaking yeah. of Arsene Wenger, I mean, it was over this summer, it, wasn't it? The new contract, Andrew. Yes, I think that happened not long after the FA Cup final. I think yes. they 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 certainly um, you know used the the goodwill of that to to announce a new contract, a three year contract to twenty seventeen. And just looking back on it as well, um, this is what Arsene Wenger said at the time. The club has always shown faith in me and I'm very grateful for that. We've gone through fantastic periods and also periods where we've had to stick together. Um, I think I've, and this is what kind of stuck with me, especially how things ended. I think I've shown some loyalty as well towards this club Mm. and hopefully we can make some more history. I'm sure we can. And I guess that was one of the issues later on that, um, the loyalty it doesn't work that way of course it never does but it 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 kind of we were all very excited by it by the time i mean history does funny things with people but you know some people thought maybe he should have left there and then mm. uh, after the fa cup final but it, it was it did seem like a win with him signing that time, no matter yeah. how you know history kind of plays it out now. It is easy to look back and think, you know what, maybe he should have. Maybe he should have gone in 2014 when, you know, he might have had more options available to him rather than becoming a, a FIFA guy. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was also success after that. I think we thought if we can just get over this trophy drought, maybe Arson can rediscover the real arson, if you like, and, and bring the title back. And there was the FA Cup in 2015. There was the league campaign in 2015-16 where, you know, we should probably have have taken advantage of all the other teams being crap. Um, but Leicester were the ones who did that. There was the FA Cup in 2017, you know. So I know that there were things that went down in that period. But at the time... It felt like, uh, certainly to me anyway, I can't tell anyone else how to think, but it felt like the the right thing to do from the club's perspective because he had achieved some success again. And I know people want to put the FA Cup in a kind of small drawer and leave it there like whatever. Um, but but I think it's a, a great trophy to win. Um, and and also when you're going out and you're buying Alexis Sanchez in the summer, there's a there's an intent, isn't there? It shows an intent that you're trying to build something new and something different and something that can really challenge. And those were the kind of transfers that we were looking for the club to make, not just Arson, but for the club's purse strings to be loosened. Mesut Ozil had come in the summer before. It was going to be Sanchez, and it felt like that was going to be some kind of blueprint for the way we were going to operate in the future, but it didn't quite um, yeah. play out that way. It was a super exciting to see. I don't, I, I don't think we'd seen a player like Alexis Sanchez. I mean, you know, we've, we've, you know, we had graceful players. We had players with, you know, Elan. We had, you know, small, skillful geniuses, but the industry, the hard work that um, Alexis Sanchez put in really Mm. kind of dragged the Emirates with him at times, you know, just like when, when the tempo was dropping or whatever, he had a real kind of industry about him to go alongside the, you know, the talent. He wasn't a luxury. He he, he worked hard, you know what mm. I mean? I mean, he, he had the body language that those people, you know, who 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 gave it to Mesut Ozil, he, you know, he was the complete opposite in that sense, that, you know, as talented. But he really did, it was really exciting at that time to see him come in and, 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 and drag the club with him. Yeah. 
Just a couple of quick things to finish. And um, we talked about Arsene Wenger. We talked about the contract. We talked about some of the reaction to it. But it, we, I think it's also fair to say that there was a significant undercurrent of unhappiness um, with, with with Arsene and with the way that um, the way things have been going. And that came to a head after a game against Stoke. If you remember, there was an away yes. game and there was an incident at the train station and um, you know, I think he slipped over and got some abuse from, from some fans and stuff like that, which was, you know, it wasn't nice to see. It was simmering, wasn't it? I was just look, looking at those fixtures because we'd had, we had, we had a really, we had a bit of a dodgy run where, do you remember Anderlecht came back from mm. three, Anderlecht came from three down to get a draw the game, which is now known as the sort of the Jefferson Montero game, which seemed to be the beginning and the end of our, one of our new signings, Callum Chambers. Poor Callum, yeah. Um, we'd been turned over by United. Um, then we'd had a bit of a fight back with um, uh, Yaya Sonogo special. <laughs> he scored against, against Dortmund, yeah. Against Dortmund, um, kind of bundled it in. Again, I looked at it again. I was hoping that he'd, you know, I wanted to look back and see, did he take it down off his shoulder? And no, 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 he bundled it in under the <laughs> keeper. Um, but yeah, it all came to a head with that 3-2 defeat um, at Stoke. So it, it felt like it was just below the surface all the time then, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and and that was the that was a really, that was a really ugly incident. Um, really annoying losing to Stoke twice, twice in this calendar year. Yes. I didn't, I didn't pick it for that reason. Um, but... Yeah, that was a that was that was kind of an unfortunate end to the year. Um, that was we start, you know, we'd started at top of the league, um, but we weren't we we kind of weren't in the races by by Christmas no. at this point. That was the the moment as well where somebody who was hugely concerned for the welfare of Joel Campbell <laughs> <laughs> said, "Get out while you can, Joel. Get out while you can, mate." It became such a, yes. There are odd things that you kind of celebrate as an Arsenal they fan are. in this modern era, but they that are. was a get out while you can, Joel Campbell. That was the least of, uh, least of the club's worries. But we did get out eventually. Yeah. Um, but um, did we, we didn't finish that. We certainly didn't finish that year as the calendar year champions. No, but, um, we didn't. But look, looking back on it, was there were some joyful moments. Mostly though, Andrew, just realising what the team, like, just what great players that we had there at the time, you know. Um, I talked about that mid. I talked about that midfield. I thought, uh, you know, um, Giroud was in in his pomp. We had some good young players coming through. We had a really exciting midfield, and I would do anything to see the, the likes of Rizitsky and Kazula back in an yeah. Arsenal shirt. The likes of which, you know we haven't seen since basically because they were so exciting yeah. and so much in the image of um of 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 the manager. Yeah, that was the year as well that that Hector Bellerin made his breakthrough because Matthew Debushi had been injured. There was that um the kind of poundland Ibrahimovic, what's his name? Um Arnautovic. Arnautovic. Right. Exactly. He, he pushed him, him a nudge yeah. over the over the hoardings and, and he, he never quite recovered. He'd from only that, just come he? back from an injury he picked up against Man City. There was a pretty bad tackle and then there was there was that one. We should finish twenty fourteen on a high note, and I think we can do that when we think about uh, a goal that Aaron Ramsey scored away to Galatasaray. 
genuinely one of the sweetest strikes you will ever see. The way that ball flew into the top corner. Um, I think if this episode is anything, it's Yaya Sonogo. There's a picture of him from behind the goal, just holding his holding his head in his hands, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've seen this." It was an absolutely sensational strike. He kind of st- stroked the ball. Like he didn't, like he didn't welly it, did he? He kind of stroked mm. it. He hit it so sweetly. It gets better on every viewing, even seven years later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was he thinking? As you say, Sonogo's face is 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 perfect for it. And it's a real like Ramsey won us the FA Cup. I I've had a really good time enjoying Aaron Ramsey through this this look back. He was a a player for that kind of occasion, really, um, and yeah, a, a fitting way to a fitting way to finish this 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 this, this podcast. And uh, I still love him. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, him. why not? Why not? Why not? Okay, well, look, we will leave it there for this one. Uh, Twenty fourteen was the year, Tyo. Thanks very much for uh, looking back on it. Thanks, Andrew. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you very much indeed to Tayo. You can find him on Twitter at DJ Tayo, at DJ Tayo, mentioning the FA Cup final. What a weekend that was because we launched our book that very weekend too in the Tollington. Myself and Andrew Allen wrote a book about the invincible season together, the story of Arsenal's unbeaten season, which you get free. If you sign up to Patreon, you get it free as an audio book, and it's available to download from all the ebook places, uh, I think for about 99p or 199 or something like that. Now, if you want to pick up a copy, you can sign up to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash arsblog. Right, let's leave it there for this one, and we will catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.